Amen. Um, if you hear me uh, sniffling, just ignore it. Tune it out uh, as much as you can. Uh, I know first week we spoke about Joshua 1, and we're going to jump into Joshua 3. Uh, we're skipping over Joshua 2. It's just like, why are you skipping over Joshua 2? Um, it, it has significance. It has importance. Um, and I'm, I'm going to summarize it for you. Um, in Joshua 2, it speaks of a harlot or a prostitute named Rahab. And it's just like, why would you skip over that, Pastor? Why would you do that? Um, <laughs> I'm not skipping over it. It's very important. Um, Rahab kept two Hebrew spies hidden, and she kept them to escape from the king of Jericho because two spies were sent in to, camp, uh, to scout out Jericho and to see what was going on. Uh, the reason why I, don't, I, wanna, I wanted to talk about it and not just completely skip it is because Rahab was a harlot, right? She was a prostitute, and... In that time, that was, you know, it's looked down as like, ugh, you know, she was a woman of the street, like, ick, you know? And it's, but what she did was so significant. She would hide and protect the people of God at that time to save them from being captured from the king of Jericho. And so there are two quick points that I want to pull from uh, uh, Joshua 2. You can go back and read it. Is number one, that God can redeem and use anyone for his glory. Right? It says that she was a prostitute. That, that doesn't mean she stayed a prostitute. That's right. There are some of you guys in this room, I'm not, I'm not calling you that, but there's some of you guys who, who are living with titles and things that you were once called, but God didn't call you to that anymore. And her being in the Bible is so important because it's a, what, what I wrote down is what you did can be forgiven and forgotten. It's all about what you're going to do. She didn't stay that. She didn't, once, once she came in contact with them, once she came under the umbrella of Israel and, and, and joined herself with these Hebrew men, she was no longer that. And the second thing is, just because you come from a broken history doesn't mean God can't use you to change the tide in your family. Like, she's in the Bible. Not only is she mentioned in the Old Testament, but she's also mentioned in the New Testament in Hebrews. It says, by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, hid the Hebrew men that they should help Israel overthrow Jericho. So you have to understand that Rahab, yes, she was a prostitute. And so this is where I say God can use anybody, right? God just uses anybody. Because Rahab would now be in, in, uh, come, under the Israel, uh, come under Israel's guidance and, 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 and favor, right? Now she's in the line of David. What? A prostitute is in the line of David. Now, not only she's in the line of David, now she's in the line of Jesus. What? Jesus allowed a sinner in his line? How come he didn't have a perfect line? He's the creator of the universe. Like, we shouldn't have anyone. No, no, no. See, it doesn't, God doesn't care about what's your past. He just cares about your present. Because he's, he's willing and ready to redeem your past. Amen. See, like all, some of us are walking around with us like, oh, I used to be this. Let it go. That's what you used to be. That's not what God called you to. Let it go. Because you can be the, the change of tide in your family. Your family may be known for whatever, right? They could be known for gambling. They could be known for drug addiction. They could be known for witchcraft. They could be known for every wild thing. But you can be the deciding factor. You can be the changing tide in your family that says, no, my family will not be known for that anymore. It stops with me. 
because Christ Jesus is in me. It stops with me. That's not going to be our tag anymore. Our family's not going to be known for alcoholism anymore. My family's not going to be known for being womenized anymore. No, no, no. It stops with me. God is in my line now. I am now grafted into the holy of holies. I am no longer what I was. I'm everything God has called me to be. So y'all need to change my name in your phone books. Y'all need to stop calling me whatever you call me because that's not my name anymore. Rahab. See? Like, I wasn't skipping over it because it wasn't important, right? It's just as important. It's just as important because God can use anyone, all right? Like, I don't care what your history was. I don't care what your parents did. I don't care what your grandparents did. Today is the day of salvation, and you're in this room on purpose and for a reason because you are the changing tide in your family. But my family's known for drug addiction. You are the changing tide. But my family, we grew up in poverty. You are the changing tide. You don't have to stay where you are. Because faith is a movement. Amen? Amen. I'm trying to preach you this sickness. This sickness is going to get out while I'm preaching. Watch. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to Joshua 3. It's interesting because now God is, is calling them to move. God is saying, if you have faith in me, Move. Don't stay where you are. It says early in the morning in Joshua 3, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to Jordan, to the Jordan, where they camped before, before crossing over. So they woke up and they went and they camped before the Jordan before going over. So they stopped. There was a stop. And it says, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits because, between you and the Ark and do not go near it. And so we, I want to tell you guys, the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of the presence of God at that time. That was a symbol of the presence of God, the Ark of the, Co- the, Ark of the Covenant. So whenever they saw or near the Ark of the Covenant, it was the Holy of Holies. That's where God was, and that's where he dwelled. And so anytime they saw that, they were to bow down. And even to the point, there was only a certain amount of priests who can, who can actually go and interact with, with and you guys learned about this last week with Dr. Johnson, there were the Levitical priests who were only, um, what do you call it? Not scheduled, right? Like it's retail. They're appointed, thank you. See, see, that's why my wife sits in the front row. Um, they were appointed to, uh, to, you know, cater to and, and be in the presence of the Most High God. And I want to tell you something. The Ark of the Covenant, that may be gone, but we don't need it anymore. We didn't need it because we have the Word. We have the Bible, and we have the Holy Spirit that lives within us. When you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is now dwelling within you. It's no longer in in a tabernacle. It literally dwells within you. When I was sitting and I was studying this and I was reading this, all the power that he said to stay 2,000 feet away from, he said, don't go near it, stay away from it, you're not worthy. It now not only is present here, but it dwells within you and I. Like when I read that, it kind of gives me a little goosebumps because I'm like, wow, the power of, of God, the power of the Holy Spirit is no longer contained in a tabernacle, but it dwells in each and every one of us in this room. Amen. But what I, what I was, when I was reading it, 
because we're talking about move. Do we trust God to move? The problem that arises sometimes is that it says when they were camped before crossing over three days, three days, they camped there for three days. I think that, that happens to all of us. God is calling us to areas, and what happens is we set up camp, and we get comfortable, right? Who gets comfortable when they set up camp, right? The problem is we, we set up a, a permanent home in a temporary location. So before they were crossing over, before they went over, and God called them to go over, they said they set up camp. Some of us, as Christians, we get so caught up in the place that we were supposed to be temporarily, and God is like, why are you staying there? You're only supposed to be here for a little bit. Because, you know, it's true. Some of us, what happens, we get to a job that we know that God has brought us, gave us this job, and we get comfortable, and so we're there for the next X amount of years, and we're okay with it. And it's just like, but God is like, that's not what I called you to. I called you to be a missionary. I called you to be in a different part of the business world. I called you to be in the church. I called you to help the homeless. I called you to do this. But what happens is that we set up a permanent home in a temporary location. And then we wonder why we have all these frustrations going on. Mm-hmm. Two things. It says, we always, it says, it's, what I love, it says, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. You are to move out from your positions and follow it. Some of us, we get caught up in the position of things. We forget to follow the Spirit. We forget to follow the Scripture. We see the ark moving. We see the Spirit moving, but we say, I want to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. I'm successful. I'm making the most money I could ever make in my life. My family's happy. My wife is happy. Like, everything's great. I'm, I'm like, everything's the way it should be. And God is like, yeah, but my spirit's moving. Listen, you could have everything in the world. You could, have the, you could be making the most money. You could have the most friends. You could have the most influence. But if the spirit is not there, that's not where you need to be. I want to be whatever, wherever the Spirit is because faith says, I'm going to leave all of this earthly possession. I'm going to leave what I think is comfortable and I'm going to follow the Spirit. I'm going to follow it because wherever He says to go, I know I won't be lacking. So God, because some of us, it's so hard because we become so attached to the, to the paycheck. We become so attached to the lifestyle that the Spirit's saying, hey, I'm, I'm moving away from that. This was a season for you. I'm glad you enjoyed this season but this is, I'm not calling you to live here anymore. I'm calling you to move over here. And some of us, we don't, we don't want to move because it's like, it's comfortable over here. Like, there's a jacuzzi, there's friends, there's mimosas, you know, I don't, over there looks uncomfortable. Over there's the wilderness. Over there, it looks ugly. It's not, it looks hard. It looks like hard work. I don't want to go over there. And so what happens is we allow fear to freeze us up. Anyone ever been frozen by fear? Not literally, but in your life? You don't want to go to the next season in your life because you see the terrain, right? And then we start asking a lot of, uh, I'm successful over here. I know, God, you brought me here. I'm thankful for this job. And I know you want me to go over there. But God, like, 
what if I don't have enough money over there? Or what if I don't have enough food over there? Or what if I never get my degree over there? Or what if, you know, they hurt me and they speak poorly of me over there? We have all these doubts and all these fears. And I'm not saying doubt is bad. Doubt is, doubt is a real thing, right? Everyone's doubted in their life at some point. But it's learning how to take that doubt and say, I can't stay in this position. I know God has called me over here. So God, I'm slowly but surely, I'm going to get to the place where you've called me. See, they set up camp. Some of them were, could have just been like, you know what, God? I know you've called us to cross this, but we don't want to cross this right now because that takes some work, and we've got to cross a Jordan. You know, he doesn't even know how to swim. So why are we going to cross through the river? Why, why are we going to follow this ark? Like, we're comfortable. We're happy right now. We're happy with everything we have. Why do we have to move? Because faith is a movement. It's not stagnant. And he says, and then, and, and I love this verse, and this is, this, is, this is faith right here. It says, then, he's like, in verse 4, then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. If you allow him to, the Spirit will always lead you to places you have never been before. If you allow him. He said, they said, hey, when the ark is moving, we got to move. Keep at a distance because if you were here last week, Dr. Johnson said they didn't want a relationship with God. They wanted Moses to be the, the intercessor. And so Joshua was the same way. It says, keep at a distance about 2,000 feet. Wherever the ark is, that's where you'll go. When you see the ark moving, you move. When you see the ark stop, you stop. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And guess what? In this journey called life, uh, and, and in this thing, as you guys take Jericho, I'm going to lead you to places that you've never been before. And in your own life, in, in, even at this point right now in your life, even as you're in Memphis, Tennessee, when the Spirit is leading you, He's always leading you to places that you've never been before. Why does the Spirit do that? Isn't that the most uncomfortable thing? Anyone ever go, anyone ever ride in a car with someone who doesn't really know where they're going, but it looks like they know where they're going, and they, thri- and they drive through three suspect neighborhoods that you're like, where are we going? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're like, uh, on my GPS, it said to make a right, and you made a left again. And it's like, oh, I know where I'm going. And you're like, are you sure? Everyone starts pulling out their phones. You don't know where you're going. But then some way, somehow, you end up there. They said, whenever you see the ark, take down your tents, take down your surroundings, and move with the ark, because he's going to lead you to some place that's uncomfortable, that you've never been before. And I want to tell you as Christians that that ark, yeah, it may not physically exist, but the Holy Spirit will always lead you to places that are uncomfortable, and you won't even know where you're going. Why? Why does the Holy Spirit do that? Why lead us to places where we don't know where we're going? Because Scripture says, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in me. Trust in my ways. 
Because the moment we know where we're going, we want to rely on our past experiences. We want to rely on our past successes. Oh, you know what? I know how to do this because I did it this way before. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, no, no. I'm leading you to a place that where you've never done it before. You've never done it this way. You've never, you've never been here before. Anyone been in seasons where you're like, I have never been here before in my life ever? I could tell you with my first kid, I was just like, I've never been here before. I, I don't know why she's crying. Like, do we put a battery in it? Do we put her to sleep? Like, what do we do? And even to this day, I'm kind of still like that on my second child. Like, whoa, whoa. No, I'm just kidding. You, you get a little, exp- but even with kids, they're different. Like, my first kid is different from my second kid. With my second kid, it's just like, you know, there's some similarities, but it's just like, I've never been here before. But I love when the, I don't love it, but when the Holy Spirit leads us to seasons and and, in areas that we've never been before, you have to know that it's not in your strength that you're there. You have to know that. We can't rely on past experiences, right? New battles, new territories. New battles, new territories. Wherever the Spirit's leading you, of course it's going to be somewhere that's uncomfortable. Of course it's going to be somewhere you've never been before. Because He becomes your dependence on every step and every decision. And in every moment you're like, wow, you know what, I've had experiences in that, but this, it feels similar, but Holy Spirit, could you help me make the better decision? Because in one season, this was the answer. This one way was the answer. But in the next season, you're like, Holy Spirit, what's the answer? Because if we look at Israel, they wandered in the desert for 40 years because of their disobedience. Imagine if they were like, well, you want us to follow the ark? Listen, we've been wandering around this desert for 40 years. We kind of know where we're going. We know a thing or two about wandering, all right? Some of you guys are so confident in being lost. Well, uh, well, you know, I have all these, I have this experience, and I've been here before, and I've been in this situation. And it, the, the thing is, it's like sometimes you've been in this situation, but you've never been in this situation with different people. Right. Have you noticed that? That sometimes the people that are surrounding you in the situation can bring you a different outcome than when you were with the last group of people? Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, I never thought of it that way. The Holy Spirit says, lean not on your own understanding. There are going to be many ways that seem right to you, that seem correct. And then the Holy Spirit will say, go this way. But wait, God, I, from my past experiences, from my past knowledge, I know, son, I know this seems like the wrong way, but trust me. If we knew the entire journey we were going to go through our whole lives, two things would happen. One, we'd become very arrogant in what we were doing. Or two, we wouldn't trust God. Oh, well, you know, I know, I know everywhere we're going. He says, follow me. But God, I don't know where I'm going. It's okay. As long as I'm leading, I'm going to lead you to where I have you. He says, you've never been this way before, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took and went on ahead of them. 
And the Lord said to, jo to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the ed edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. I love how Joshua tells the people, hey, consecrate yourselves because what the Lord's about to do in this place is about to totally transform everything that's going on in your mind. Consecrate. Consecrate means to, to dedicate yourself to something, to, to give your, to, to purify and to God. This is all of you and this is all, this is, uh, this, we're giving everything to you. We have no way of doing it. We don't understand why we're doing it this way, but we're giving ourselves to you. Have you noticed in your own lives if someone can get me a paper towel, because I didn't know it was going to be this hot in here. This is like summer heat in here. Have you noticed in your own lives that whenever you give yourself to something fully, whenever you, so, so whenever you surrender and you say, God, I'm just going gonna to go all in, like you find, you find the reward out of it, right? Like I, I realize with this church and what we're doing is that until I became, thank you, until I became a, a full-time pastor, that's when we saw the church begin to grow. See, I was trying to live in both worlds, right? I was trying to live in my world and figure it out my way, and I was like, God, I can do it your way too. I can do these both together. And God was like, no, 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 I want you consecrated before me. Consecrate yourself to me. Give yourself to me. Let me control your life. Let me control your finances. But it's like, God, I've never been here before, right? I've been working uh, you know, for 30 years, God, I've, I've had a paycheck my entire life. Now I'm supposed to trust you with my paycheck? What? That's scary. Because sometimes you, you have snail mail, you know? Yeah. Your stuff moves real slow, and my bills, they're not snail mail. They come in on the 15th almost all the time, and at the end of the month almost all the time. And God is like, trust me, you've never been to this place before. I will hold you, and I will sustain you, and I will keep you going. There's some of you guys that I'm, God is speaking to me to tell you today, listen, he will sustain you. He will keep you going. He is your rock. He didn't back up or he didn't get scared when he saw the plans for your life. He knows them, and he's called you to it. So why not follow it? Why not follow that spirit? Why not follow, like, listen, like I said, we don't have a physical ark to follow, but we have the spirit that dwells within all of us that tells us which way to go. We can't be scared of the wilderness. We can't, we can't have this fear of, like, we've never been there before. See, with that new territory, there's going to be a new battle. With that new job, there's going to be new problems. With this new relationship, there's going to be new arguments. Some of them are going to be old. I could tell you about some of them, right? I could tell you about them. Like, listen, like, gentlemen, I could tell you right now, pick, if you guys ever get in a place where you're trying to figure out where to eat, pick the two grossest places you can pick. She will come up with the best place in a minute. And my wife knows. Like, she's like, where do you want to eat? And, you know, before we were like, I was like, oh, McDonald's or Burger King. She's like, ugh, let's go here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? If you're, like, listen, if you're easy going, just be like, all right, whatever you say. That's a pro tip. Here's another pro tip for husbands out there, and then we're going to move on. Pro tip, whatever your wife makes, whether it be the best thing you've ever eaten or the worst thing you've ever eaten, it's good. Amen. It's, and it's like, are you teaching your church a lie? No. We're encouraging her to keep cooking if she wants to cook. Like, girl, if you want to cook, go ahead. Because there's nothing that hot sauce and ketchup can't change. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. 
How does it taste, girl? It's good, because I could be eating nothing right now, so <laughs> it's good. Some of, you, some of you guys are too foolish. Oh, you made the same thing again? Huh. She could not be making nothing with your, with your belly self, uh, <laughs> with your hunger self. Oh, man. There it went. Um, you told Joshua to consecrate yourselves. Be, be all in, because God's going to do amazing things for you. You have to know that even though in this journey, even though the terrain will look rough, whatever God has called you to, even though the terrain may will be uncertain in your life, you're, you're going you're to be like, God, why am I in? Some of you guys are asking this right now. Why are we in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places? God, I can't wait to be where I'm going next. And God is like, can you just enjoy where I have you? Can you be content in where I have you? Because where I have you now, the miracles that you experience now, you may not experience in the next season. Can you remember the miracles for today? Can you remember what I did for you in Memphis, Tennessee today? Because you were just complaining in the last season, why were you where you are then? You were complaining of like, God, how come nothing's happening in my life? And I brought you to Memphis, Tennessee, and now miracles are happening left and right, but you're so discontent with being where you're at. Some of us, if it was up to us, we would set up a permanent tent in the good seasons, right? Who wouldn't? Right? In the season of increase, like, yes, increase, yes, finances. Ooh, I paid my bills and I got money left over, yes. Right? Some of us would just, we would just, if we could freeze our lives in the best moments, we, we would just like, I just want to live in this moment forever. I just, I just want to be right there. I, I know for Tasha and I, like, if we look back a couple of years, we'd be like, we were at like the best financial place in our lives. We were like saving money like nobody's business. You know, we were, we were dinks, D-I-N-K. Anyone know what a dink is? Double income, no kids. Woo-wee! Woo! We had surplus, you know? We were just saving like, oh, what are we just, we're just going to save, you know? And it's just like, man, if we were to freeze that moment in our lives, we would never experience the joy of having kids. I mean that seriously. I'm so serious when I say that. That's what Paul was saying in the New Testament. I know what it's like to have a lot, and I know what it's like to have a little. I know what it's like to, to be with, and I know what it's like to be without. I have a friend of mine who we were out, he's a Christian guy, and he was asking me, he was just like, we started eating, he's like, do you really pray before every meal? I was like, yeah, you don't? He's like, no, I just never thought, like, why? And in that moment, I realized, I'm like, because you don't know what it's like to be without food, to give him thankful for the food that you have, amen? Some of you guys, like, you don't know what it's like to live on a ramen diet every single day. And so when you got a hot and fresh sandwich from Subway, you're like, thank you, God. Like, I don't have to eat ramen. My health is not deteriorating. God has called us. He's like, uh, faith is a movement. Faith is a movement. It's trusting God. It's, it's watching the ark. He said, Keep, he says, stay at a distance of about 2,000 feet. Stay at a distance. First, because they couldn't go near it, because that was the holies of holies. 
But the other reason why I believe that he said keep at a distance of about 2,000 feet, because when something's 2,000 feet away from you, you can always see where it's going. If it makes a left, you know, oh, they made a left, they're going to the left. If it makes a right, oh, it made a right. Oh, they slowed down, because at 2,000 feet, you can always see where it's going. I believe that in some of our lives, the problem is, is that we haven't stayed walking with the Holy Spirit, and at some points, we've gotten in front of the Holy Spirit, and we're like, God, I'm, you, know, you called me this way, and the Holy Spirit's like, I made a right a degree ago. Mm-hmm. I have pilots in the room, Right? Do you know what happens if you're off by a single degree when you're flying a plane? Do you end up in a whole other location by one degree? And I think that's some of us today. We were walking with the Holy Spirit. We were walking with the Holy Spirit. And then at some point we're like, all right, like I, don't need, I, I got this one. I got experience. I, you know, I got experience. I've been through life a little bit longer now. I have a little bit of wisdom. What's up, Holy Spirit? But like, I'm just going to go this way. And the Holy Spirit's like, but I'm going this way. And that single degree over time, is separation. Just one degree. Just one degree. Sometimes we think it's an extreme, like, oh, I've been off for 20, I'm off 20, no, no, it's one degree. It's one little, it's one misstep. It's one day we choose not to walk with the Holy Spirit. It's one bad decision. It's one then, because one bad decision leads to another bad decision. And then another bad decision leads to another bad decision. And then you find your place in a location where you're not even supposed to be. And the Holy Spirit's like, you left me. You were su- I'm supposed to be in front of you. You got in front of me. Why'd you leave me? But what I love, and I want to tell you today, because I don't feel like any pastor's ever said this. Listen, you could always get recalculated and turned right back around. Just because you left the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you have to stay lost. He, he, he will stay right where he is and be like, you can come back at any moment. Make a U-turn, whatever you have to do, you can come back at any moment and we'll walk together again. You, I didn't lose you, you didn't lose me. I saw you walked off and I stayed right here. You can always come back. Some of you Christians are struggling and saying to yourself, God, I'm so messed up, I don't feel I can come back. He's like, listen, Jesus already died for that. So the road to me is always quickly, come back. Go ahead, I'll make a reroute, come back. Put that stuff down. Put it away. Come back. Because I will direct your footsteps. I will lead you to places you've never been before. But God, I'm I'm not even supposed to be in this room. I'm not even supposed to be here right now. I know that. But when I said I was leading you to places you shouldn't have been, you should trust me. Guys, when the Holy Spirit is leading, you will be at tables that you're not qualified for. You will be in business meetings that you have no place in being. You will have degrees that you have no, no place having. You will have finances that you never even imagined. But he says, I will take you because you've never been this way. Yeah, the terrain will look rough. Yeah, it won't be easy. Yeah, it looks scary. But I find that in the scariest of terrains, in the roughest of places, in the scariest of places, I find that when I'm standing with the Holy Spirit and I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, that it's not, it's not that I'm scared anymore, but I'm trusting in him. Oh, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I see another mountain coming. I know, but you're walking with me and you're talking with me. And you are my own. It says, 
And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel so they know I am with you as I was with Moses. And this is going to begin into next week's message as well. It says, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand into the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites. That's right. That's right. I practiced that like four times this week. It says in verse 11, See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribe of Israel, one from each tribe. Verse 13 And as soon as a priest carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, as soon as they carry the ark of the Lord and it sets foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. He says as soon as the ark of the the covenant reaches the Jordan, that this downstream of water, I will hold it back. And so like I explained to you guys earlier, we no longer have the Ark of the Covenant, but we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And he says, hey, when they put their feet into the water, I'm going to hold back the water downstream. Some of you guys need to know today that your identity dictates your behavior. And if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, the miracle will only happen when you set your foot into the water. Some of us want miracles to happen and we're like, God, I need you to, I need you to make this water stop flowing this way. And God is like, yeah, but you haven't put your foot in the water yet. You want a miracle to happen? Set your foot in the water. We don't need an ark. We have the Holy Spirit living within us with all power and all might. You want to cross through the Jordan on dry ground? And this is the second time the Israelites will get to cross through a, a stream of water on dry ground. This is the second time they get to experience this. So you're telling me that these people will get to experience two miracles of God holding back water, and you can't believe that God can't heal? And you can't believe God can't change your financial situation. And you can't believe that God can't set your family free from whatever drug addiction, from whatever alcoholism, but yet he performed the same miracle twice for the Israelites? Oh, no, 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 no. I serve a God. If he did it once, he'll do it again. And you serve the same God. If he caused increase, once, if he caused increase to happen in you once, he can do it again. If he had financial breakthrough happen for once, he can do it again. If he caused you to have peace in this one season once, he can do it again. If he caused one of your family members to come back to Christ once, he'll do it again. The Israelites got to experience that twice in their lifetime. They know of Moses. Some of them, again, they were younger when this happened with Moses. They saw saw the, the, the Dead Sea split open. And they walked on dry ground. And now they're doing it again where they see God holding back this river so that they can walk through again on dry ground. It says, but it only will happen when the, when, the, when the priests set their foot on the water, when they put their feet in the water. Listen, miracles can't happen if you're standing outside of them. You, sometimes you got to be in the middle of the miracle for it to happen. You have to be standing in the water. 
How many of us feel like we're standing in the water and we're drowning sometimes, right? Amen. We're like, God, I, I can't even swim that well. I feel, and God is like, don't worry, I'm, gonna, I'm going to hold back this water so that you can cross over. If you're waiting to cross over, if you're waiting for God, God is like, would you take a faith step in me and just put your feet into the water? But God, look, 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 look at life. Look at all life's problems. I have all these bills coming up. God, I have you know, these tests, these papers coming up. I have this due date at work. I got all these things going on. And God is like, if you want to see a miracle happen, put your faith in me. Put your foot in the water. And I'm going to hold it, hold it back. I'll hold it back for you guys to cross over. Chris, if you don't mind coming up and playing. Some of, I believe today, with all my heart, I just really do believe that some of us are on the brink of a breakthrough. We're on the brink of a miracle. But because we've allowed fear to hold us back, we're standing at the water and we haven't put our feet in it because we're like, God, last time I took a step in this, I nearly drowned. God, last time I, I took a step, I tried, to, you know, I tried to speak to my friend or my neighbor about you. It didn't turn out so well. God, last time I tried to take this step of faith, like I fell on my face. I tried to get this business going. I tried to have kids. I tried to get away from my addiction. I, every time I, I've been to this water before, and I drowned. What am I supposed to do? And I believe with all of my heart, guys, that with the Holy Spirit inside of you, God is asking you, he's calling you to take one more step of faith. Just one. He's not asking you to run in front of him. He's not asking you to go do it on your own, in your own strength, in your own wisdom. He's just asking you, he's like, hey, just take one step of faith in me. Just take one. Just put one foot in the water. And I promise you, I can hold back the waters. I can hold them back, then you'll be able to cross over. Just don't leave me. Let me stay Let me stay near you. Let me be with you. And let me walk with you through this business venture. Yeah, I know you're an entrepreneur and you've never been here before. And guess what? I led you here. Don't leave me here. Walk with me. Talk with me. I'll stay in front of you. When you put your foot in that water, I promise you, you will not drown. And if it feels like you're drowning, you're not because you will walk. He's like, if I can cause Peter to walk on water, how much more do I love you? He said he's going to hold back the water. He's going to hold it back. It says in verse 14, it says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went, went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap at a great distance away. 
It says that it backed up as soon as, it says they were at the water's edge and it began to back up. I don't know what brought you in here today. I don't know, you know, why, you know, God might have allowed you to be here because there's something that you needed to hear. And I want to encourage you by faith to not, don't stop praying for your children. Don't stop praying for your career. Don't stop praying for where God is leading you. Have faith to say, God, I give you my career. I give you my family. I give you everything that is broken within me. And this is for you. And I need you to take it and do with it what you will. I'm going to walk wherever you lead me. And wherever you're not leading me, God, keep that temptation away from me. Because the temptation comes from we want to walk in the places that look easy and they look fun and they look lucrative. And God is like, no, 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 walk this way. And we want to argue with the Holy Spirit and say, God, Holy Spirit, that doesn't look as beautiful. That doesn't look as pretty. It doesn't look attractive. I know. But just because it's not attractive doesn't mean it's not me. If God's calling you into a, another season this week, if God's calling you into another season, like, don't deny it. Don't run away from it. Because in that next season can be your greatest miracle. Keep him in front of you at all times. And he won't let your foot, foot fail. I know he won't. He hasn't let my foot fail. He hasn't let us fall. Let him lead you. Let the Spirit lead you. Does everyone receive that today? Amen. If you guys don't mind standing with me all across the room. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.